Hey guys, hey! Welcome back to Movie Geek. My name is Carissa Corona, and um, I'm actually kind of late to the party. I'm not so much late to watching, but late to recording about what I watched. So you've probably heard like a ton of reviews so far. If you're googling this and obsessing over this, um, but I. Uh, last Friday, or last, this past Saturday night, I watched Justice League, and, um, (laughs) I, I, um, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I, I'm a huge DC fan actually i think i've talked about this before i have a um against popular opinion i prefer justice league over the avengers i prefer dc comics over marvel um that's just that's just me <laughs> Uh, not that I, not that I won't watch Marvel. I will. You, you guys know this. I, I like superhero films in itself, super uh, comics in themselves. But uh, uh, as far as Marvel goes, the only characters that really like spark my attention are uh, X Men characters. Um, I will watch the others, but. Or read about the others, but I, I definitely prefer like darker storylines. I prefer more intense, comic-y type superheroes. I, I, I don't really want like um I don't know, I don't know really how to explain it. Just I prefer DC. I prefer the darkness of DC. I prefer just the extravagance that DC offers um and their storylines and their multiverses are very um I like that they constantly are giving you new ideas of of what things could happen so um the Snyder Cut it's blowing up right now and its initial release date was March 18th uh, 2021, um, and the budget was 70 million, and the, I, I think there's, like, eight parts, I believe, I think there's eight, it's, like, it's, like, four hours long, guys, so if you're gonna watch this, you either watch it in parts, or have the time to sit down, and I'm telling you, once you, if, if you have the time to sit down, or if you don't have the time to sit down, you're gonna sit down and want to watch the entire thing through. So I'm just kind of le- letting you know, I-, I have not been excited over a film like this in a very long time. I, I feel like I always say that it it's because we live we we just lived through a pandemic and we're still kind of in it. So uh, films are not as exciting as they used to be. Uh, and going to the theater is is non-existent our theater is barely opening by the way which is really exciting for my county because i feel like we were the last county to open um 
And I think that had more to do with because we were being punished. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we it took us forever to get to this point and it really sucked. But things are opening up. Our theaters finally open. California is opening up. That is exciting. Um, but, you know, the Snyder Cut is is pretty awesome I'm and 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 I feel like this is something this is a lesson to be learned this is a lesson to be learned this is this is to me I was I've been talking about it every chance someone would listen this is a lesson to be learned let the directors do what they're gonna do I feel like in the in the beginning of Justice League when Justice League was initially released, you know, Zack Snyder was the one who kind of started it and he had his whole vision. And then and then they got a new director in there for whatever reasons. Uh, Zack Snyder could not complete it. And so they have a new director and that new director just kind of like messed everything up. And then the editors came in and they just chopped everything and they made, and not to say that I didn't like the the first release of Justice League. I did. I, I know I was like very few of people. Sorry, I'm yawning. I, I have, I yawn now because of my heart stuff, but um, I have to take deep breaths ever so often. And then it turns out it's a lot of stuff going on inside my body right now. But um, with with that I think that director specifically just ruined so we've probably less learned don't midway get a new director just pause the project I guess until the the director can come back to it um and two you know editors be mindful of what the director actually wanted because they're doing all these scenes for a reason so like trust it trust it you guys should have already learned specifically with like marvel films fans are fans if a movie is two hours long we're still gonna sit through it and we're gonna watch it multiple times because if it's a good movie you're gonna get your money back because the two hours won't phase us so trying to chop a movie down to an hour just don't just don't give us everything we're asking for let it be all of its glory because we will sit through it um and and this is perfect testament of it because this film is four hours long and i'm looking at it right now i'm looking at so imdb gave it an 8.3 out of 10 metacritic is a 54 percent, and rotten tomatoes is a 73 percent. and that just proves why i do this podcast to begin with because i feel like critics the way they watch a film is so different than how a regular person would watch the film and they the things they look for are not the same so a a movie that is like so incredibly boring they will say it's the greatest film that was ever created and then we watch it and we're like that was a waste of my life or they give a great movie like low you know, low, uh, low, 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 um, critic ratings and the Google users, 95% like this movie. 
So I'm thinking we should just focus on the Google users because those are regular people. And that's not even everyone because some people don't even know that they could go onto their Google and say yes or no of whether or not they liked this film. So from what I'm gathering from every person that I've been reading every on the Twitter, on Instagram, um, in conversation, um, people love this film. They, they, they loved it. They will watch it again. They will sit there for another four hours and watch this film because it's that good. It's, it's that amazing. Zack Snyder delivered. And so I actually kind of posed this thought in my mind, you know, as far as David Ayer goes with Suicide Squad. I'm like, man, they should release his cut. Let's do his next because Dave... Uh, David Ayer is notoriously known as an incredible director. There hasn't been a film I didn't like about him, like, at all. I would say David Ayer is right there with Zack Snyder when it comes to films. You know, um, they are they are masterminds at what they do, and they tend to make films that are incredible. Um, with David Ayer, he, you know, he, he did um, Training Day, um he was part uh or he he directed the tax collector that came out last year he did um theory theory i remember seeing theory in theaters and i just i sat in the back because i was late and um and my mom saved me a seat so i sat like it was like by myself almost and um I remember walking in and thinking, like, oh, my God, the visuals are incredible. Like, what? What am I about to watch? And I sat down, and this film was, like, it It took my breath away, and I was crying. It was pulling all the heartstrings. It was, it literally, I was at the edge of my seats watching Fury, and, and then I watched it three more times. I paid. I paid to see that film in theater three different times. Or four different times because I watched it three more times. So four tickets I purchased to go see that movie because it was that good. So for me, you know, David Ayer is a very good director. And so I'm guessing that what his intention for... Suicide Squad was probably vastly different than what came out in theaters. And so I, I just kind of want to throw that out there. If Let's release the, the David Ayer cut because, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's amazing and we just don't know it because everybody seemed to be disappointed by Suicide Squad. And I mean, I was one of those people. I was very disappointed um, because I love Suicide Squad, so I was like, I had very high expectations, and it just didn't deliver, I, and you know, and which is interesting too, because for me, I focus more on the fact of, I felt like they could have casted uh, someone else, not Will Smith, um, yeah, I wasn't a fan, I'm not, I'm, I mean, Will Smith, I feel like he's a good actor, I'm not gonna say he's not a good actor, he is a good actor, uh, but... Will Smith is a very specific actor um, who plays very specific roles. I wouldn't say um, his range is broad. 
as far as acting goes. Um, but I, that doesn't mean he's a bad actor. He's he's a great actor. Um, you know, even when we watched him in growing up, watching him in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you could definitely tell that, that he had talent, you know, from his humor to even the intense moments of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where he's really pulling on your emotions, you know. Yeah, this character definitely... He, 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 he's a good actor. I'm not going to say he's not a good actor. I mean, when he did, um, when I watched him, you know, it was a very different experience watching him in Men in Black and then turning around and watching him in I Am Legend later on. You know, you could definitely see that he is a good actor. Um, but, um, I, I mean... <laughs> I just personally just didn't, he wasn't what I in picture, like pictured in my mind um, to be in that film. So I guess for me, it was kind of harder to kind of accept that. Um, and then also I was very uncertain with this Joker, with Jared Leto as the Joker and kind of the direction they were going as far as of, of, Jared Leto being more of a street guy, Joker being more of a thug, you know, that was kind of harder for me to wrap my mind around. But, you know, that also has to play in the fact of we're not used to seeing Joker that way. Um, Joker is psychotic and and tends to be... um, I feel like the best... The best... um, joker I've, I've ever witnessed was Keith Ledger um I hope that he's he's floating on and and he's resting in peace but he definitely was the best joker that ever was um obviously the older jack- jokers are still pretty iconic and great but um I I specifically I remember going to theater to see uh dark night and um i i was nervous to see it because he had we had the press release did had just announced that he had passed away so i knew that it was going to be heavy regardless because such an incredible actor had was gone and you know it was already anticipated because he is such an amazing actor and um from the trailers and what they were showing us everybody was really excited to see this um but you know that heaviness was there knowing that he he died literally right after filming so um to experience that and to be in that theater and watch his performance and see such a beautiful soul bring this character to life in a, in a way that no one expected um there was a standing ovation you know being in that theater was magical for me experiencing that seeing that his his final words you know were iconic and um he'll go down in history he really will um it's, it's just the world lost something very special 
when Heath Ledger died. And I feel like we were, in a sense, robbed of his performance because we wanted more. We wanted more of him and the essence of who he brought to the character. Um, and, you know, people people took that in and um you know they really just kind of it was hard it's hard to compare it's hard it's hard to measure up I guess you know and I and I feel like as fans DC fans are different than Marvel fans we are more forgiving um and and we genuinely don't compare because like like we said there's so many multiverses there's so many um different ways you could play this character and we're used to that the you know a lot in the past growing up dc films were not created to coexist they weren't created to they're standalone films so um that's what we're used to as far as dc goes where uh for the first time ever dc uh, marvel ended up creating um films that obviously were standalone but then they also tied in together and created this big elaborate story um so you got your individual backstories of the characters in their own films but then you had the storyline that what made avengers um and so and and those stories those individual stories tied in to that storyline and you know that's genius it was great it was a good decade of of that you know i i remember also for the first time ever going to a movie theater to see iron man i was 19 years old and experiencing um that in theaters specifically in a college town and with other students um that was exciting for me and being in that room full of all these students who are obsessed with iron man and it was so much fun it's it's a good memory i have it's so much fun thinking back to that moment because i was at chico state in northern california if if you have not heard of chico state i don't think it's like how it was like when i was there but now it's different but back then it was a very fun school it was a it was a playful school it obviously there were students there who were extremely intelligent who were working hard but the thing about chico state is that students there um do work hard they're smart they're intelligent but they also know how to have fun they like to have fun they like to be playful they like to do a, have a good time and so in that time frame that was a very exciting thing specifically with going to that specific movie because there are people there that were dressed up there were people there who had their cosplay there were people there wearing their favorite t-shirts you know and we're all like 19 so we grew up in the 90s we we were all born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s and so it was an era of cartoons comic cartoons and you know we our films for us were the Tim Burton films that he created that were very very uh comic-y you know and so we didn't know what to expect we had no idea what to expect when we went into that film Iron Man so for us that was like really exciting you know like oh so what's this gonna be like and 
and it, it delivered. It was amazing. And everybody was like screaming and chanting and like hollering because it was so exciting. So for us, you know, now, now we're, now we are the parents. Now we are, um, you know, 10, 12 years later, here we go, 2930 and, Avengers is ending and there's Endgame and it's also exciting and it was fun and it was a chapter that was over and it kind of just brings you back watching Iron Man die brings you back to that moment of when you watched him first come to life when you watched him first on the big screen so that was that was exciting you know I'm not going to say it wasn't Marvel did a good job of keeping us engaged Marvel kept you know but also, Marvel did it 10 years ago, where before um, DC did not have, you know, th- that wasn't DC's thing. DC made standalone films that like Tim Burton did. They weren't intended to work together. They were intended to tell a story and to bring the comic to life. And then that was it. Um, so it, Marvel did it first. And then I feel it kind of opened that door for DC so DC now had to figure it out. DC kind of had to figure out what are they going to do? How are they going to connect? How are they going to do all these things? Which is really hard because like I said, DC, uh, the way DC comics are set up, it's, 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 it's very standalone. You don't necessarily need to tie everything together. Um, because the individual stories, like, eh, it's just, it's a lot, you know, it's a, it's a lot to take in. Um, and having that director come in mid movie, I feel it just wasn't, I felt like maybe this new director, um, Joss Wendon, I I, like, is he even a DC fan? (laughs) Like that was my thoughts. Was he even a DC fan? Um, so I don't know. I I just feel like I just I just feel like maybe he he wasn't a DC fan, and it kind of gave off that portrayal that they don't really they're not really a DC fan. And he cut so much out. There was so much cut out of this film, and nothing made sense in in the, in the Justice League, the original cut. It it it. I don't know. I just felt like even though I liked the film, it I approached it as a standalone. So I, I liked the film, but it didn't really give me that excitement for what's to come it ju- or even what has already happened. It just kind of gave me like, oh, just this really cool super move, superhero film. I'm just excited to see the characters again. Um, but that was the first one. But then, you know, this Snyder cut, oh my God, you know, right from the jump, they pick up from what happened between Batman versus Superman and they're putting together this storyline that now allows you, and, 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 and what's interesting is even, even the parts that you think may have been in the first cut, um, it's changed. It's different, and you're, and it makes so much more sense. And you're just like, what? 
oh my god there were moments where like i mean one of my favorite moments is i think in the first film wonder woman is standing on this pole and she sees the fire and that's how it kind of comes together i guess but um and and you see that the and that she's holding um you see that um you see that her um her mom the queen um is shooting the arrow but there's not really much depth into that you don't understand like they and they did a small little scene of of them fighting in the tomb and then the amazons outside but you don't see the in between of what happened so it it, it is kind of like bizarre <laughs> like okay like what does this mean um and then you hear a voiceover of Diana telling the story about the boxes. However, in the new film, you actually get to watch it. You get to watch all this play out. And it, it's fascinating. It literally, your your mind is just like, what? And that I would, I as far as the beginning goes, that's one of my favorite scenes. Because one, you get to see Diana as herself, as Diana and um, her at her job and and they're kind of she's playing up that character of I'm boring I don't do much and they're kind of like yeah 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 I don't believe you because you are an interesting person you we we're we're fascinated by you so there's no way the rest of the world is not fascinated by you um and she's still trying to play off just this like I'm I I go home with my cats kind of thing so that's when as she's working she sees on the news that there's this fire and it catches her attention she knows what it is that's when she ends up going to this tomb and you kind of watch her kind of the story starts to play out instead of a voiceover you're watching her do this you're watching her discover what that story actually is what her mother was intending for her to find out and really the importance of of that moment and you know previous to that you do watch the whole you watch from beginning to end as to what actually happened and how um how she she ended up how how she ended up kind of becoming the knowledge of of these boxes and ultimately how does stefan wolf get the box and why he's after this box and you're watching like all this stuff and you're watching him there with his minions and they're fighting the amazons and you realize that when she when the queen asks for them to close the gates um there's just so much more that happened that even the first film will make sense once you you watch that because then you're like what 
oh, I get it now. This is why it happened. This is what how he got to this point. And um, it, it, I, it just brought every character to scene. And then also, too, with each part, you get the backstory of each character. I remember, like, hearing people really... Um, people were, um, people were very, um, people were very, uh, uh, aggressive when it came to, um, who played the Flash, which frustrated me because I personally, out of all the Flashes that I've, I've experienced, um, Ezra has been my favorite. Um, yeah, Ezra's my favorite. So I I felt like his personality worked well with all the other personalities. And um, I, I just felt like it, it, they didn't give him justice as far as like his character. And him playing the Flash and pulling out the Flash's, like, childlike personality. Um, and so in, in this film, you get to see the backstory of all of these characters, which just really pulls the whole film together um, once you get to know that. Because also, too, Justice League didn't really have... Um, they didn't have that. They didn't have um, the backstories yet. It had, you know, what the first backstory came out in 2017, which was the exact same time, same year as Justice League. So, um, and I'm pretty sure that it happened. I think Wonder Woman was released after Justice League. So the, the first backstory was Wonder Woman. And then, I mean, there was Man of Steel. The, the, the first was made of steel, but as far as like, I, I yeah, I guess Man of Steel, yeah, Man of Steel was good. Man of Steel was a great film, and um, let me see, like I think people gave it, it got a seven out of ten, and Google users was in eighty five percent. So. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 56%. I did like Man of Steel. I'm not going to say I didn't like Man of Steel. I did like Man of Steel. Um, but, it, it, I mean, it, it didn't really tie with Justice League. But with Justice League, even though they didn't really give a backstory to Superman, they didn't really need to because he was technically dead. Um, They gave us more to the story of him being dead, which is, I feel, more more superior to just giving his backstory. And then they also used that as an opportunity to introduce a new character, which was um, Harry Lennox, you know. Um, So... I feel like that for me was 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 that excitement um, 
because now, you know, you're introducing a new character, Adam, and um, along with 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 Superman and and his family and um, Superman, you know, resurrecting and just everything that you're learning about Superman and who he is and his strength. And it really just tied into me, like, just beautifully, because you have all these backstories and you're learning. And one of the things that bothered me the most out of everything was, um, in a sense, Aquaman. In, in Justice League, Aquaman had very, no, like, no talking line like he had no lines no talking scenes too much and he kind of came off as very angry and still lost and still trying to figure out who he was like he didn't know who he was and then a year later they release Aquaman and all of a sudden now in the storyline he finds out who he is which in a sense then you kind of get confused because in in Justice League he should have already known that he was, you know, because it's, it's, it, Aquaman takes place before Justice League, so him finding out who he is, and then becoming empowered by it, or at least that's what you're, you're thinking as you're watching it, so, because he's, he doesn't know all of, like, who these people are yet, as far as Batman and Wonder Woman goes, he's, he's not familiar with the other superheroes in Aquaman. I think he th- is his intention is he thinks that he is the only person that has these superpowers because of being half bred. Um, but so I, that was actually kind of frustrating for me because Justice League made it sound like he was not familiar with who he was and that Batman was the one that helped him kind of figure that out. Um, but in this new Justice League, they kind of clear that up and, um, you know, he's obviously aware of who he is. He still has like a chip on his shoulder, but he is aware that of the story that actually happened, um, because he's, he's told this story and, um, I think that's what kind of makes him more open to being a part of Justice League and being and using this story for a better greater good um and I think that 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 was very helpful when it came down to really introducing the character of Aquaman and understanding his character and um in 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 the in this uh Zack Snyder uh, cut he does talk more he has more scenes which so at that you know that in itself is pretty exciting um because like I said this you get to see each character in their strength you get to see each character um for who they are and that for me is I was excited about that I was excited to see that um and there, like I said, there was just so much. There was so 
many things that happened in this film and the end you know because one of my favorite one of my favorite things about um superhero films in themselves is like the butterfly effect if you use your power in such a way there's always going to be a butterfly effect it's going to affect one way or another and it could be good or it 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 is good but the long-term effect is negative so with that being said i don't want to spoil anything for anyone but you have to take in consideration which was exciting for for the soup specifically the justice league is even if your character has a point to have a have a flashpoint or um a a forward in a sense if you're able to stop time or rewind time or fast forward time there's always going to be an effect to that and i think that that was one of the most exciting moments of the film but at the same time you wonder how would it affect the rest of the story and it allows this story to build up and obviously introduce more characters that for us was very exciting to see and i specifically was very excited to see um I kept talking about it the entire time because I was actually very excited to see Joker. I you know, I I don't think that Jared Leto has intentions of ever being in DC films again. I think he's putting Joker to rest. Um but we got to see more of him as Joker and understand Joker, which for me was exciting because I at the end of the day I wanted to give Jared Leto the benefit of the doubt. Um the small scenes I saw him in through Suicide Squad was very frustrating. Um but to to see him in this element was um I was more open to him as a Joker as as this character who who he decided his his twist to the character um and i definitely would say that he 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 could be amongst the jokers now um of our time so you know that 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 I, that that's an opinion i would love to hear you guys tell me about because what did you think of it what did you think of jared as the joker in that sense when you're watching that scene like what did you think how did he, how did he do um, because I felt like, so my, obviously, like I told you, my uh, all-time favorite Joker is, um, Heath Ledger, but this past Joker film, I actually did like, a lot of people didn't like because the story was so dark, but I feel like that is Joker for you. Joker's story is a very dark story, so when you are creating this idea of joker and you're creating a storyline for him you know the comic book is like he falls into acid and that's how he becomes joker however in this story in the in the joker film it's the mental health it's the pure psych- psychoticness of this character that creates 
because there's this likable thing about Joker that, um, which I personally really like because then that brings in Harley Quinn and her as a doctor seeing Joker and seeing this gentle side of him, this, 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 uh, romantic and, um, dominant side, you know, of, of Joker that she's attracted to that, um, she kind of embodies this, um, she's very strong woman, but then there she comes across her match and that match makes her a submissive person. And it's frustrating as a woman when that happens because you want to continue to be very strong, very independent, and and yet you have this person in front of you who is able to make you feel um, weak. And not in a bad way, but this person makes you cave. It, they make you break down your walls. They make you change a little, you know? And isn't that what's exciting about love? is you know being with someone who challenges who you are can can slightly uh break down something about you that you're not used to i know for me i have that personality i have a very strong very stubborn very bold personality so when i come across a character and i've only this always happened once in my entire life one time coming across someone who changes that for you and you're like oh, this is scary. I don't know if I want to enter this because now you have this power where I I can no longer be that girl. I no longer be that empowered woman that, you know, their personality is more dominating than mine. And that's, that's a little like intimidating, but also exhilarating at the same time. Um, because my personality, like I said, is so bold, is so, is so aggressive, is so dominant that most, most people who come into my track, male or female, um, I'm the dominant one. I'm the one that's like, and you're going to do what I say, you know? So, um, that's a challenging experience and, and it's, it's attractive. It's attractive and you have to decide whether or not you want to enter that and so we we get in this um love story between joker and harley quinn and so you're used to joker even though he's charming he's still a very dominant personality and and it's for an actor to be able to pull that off it's 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 unique so i feel like i feel like heath ledger did that um and then even with Joaquin, I know a lot of people have an opinion about that, but I, I did like the Joker movie. I thought Joaquin did a great job. Joaquin is probably one of my favorite actors out there. He's in, he's on my top list and I think he did a great job. He played that character very well, the way it was written. He did a great job. And I feel like they even tied it to a point to include Batman in a sense because of how it ended and just who he who he he who he built this character to be. He brought he brought Joker to life, in my opinion. Joaquin brought Joker to life. Joker became a person. Joker became someone who story like, yeah, you watch it and you're like, dang, this I would become Joker too. You know, like, 
I cried. I cried when some when those people took his side. I was like, my heart hurt for him. You know, you get invested in this character, and I feel like that's what Joaquin did. Is he got me invested in who he was? So now I have sympathy towards Joker. As psychotic as he is, now I'm like sympathizing for him. Like, well, you know, this happened earlier in the film, so this is this is okay. This is why this happened. So. You know, I was looking for that. I was looking for that in Jared Leto. And I feel like Jared Leto was able to deliver that in his his short scene. He, that whole like conversation really delivered that. And I felt like Jared Leto redeemed himself as the Joker. And Jared Leto will never hear this. But if by chance, if by chance he does... I I would like to look forward to seeing Jared Leto bring the character back to life. To do to do this again. I would like to see more. Um because that seeing that scene really it it definitely redeemed him as Joker in my opinion. But um you guys should tell me what you think about that. Do you do what did you think of Jared Leto? in that scene you know what 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 were what were your thoughts i would love to hear it um again ezra what did you think about his backstory or uh victor stone ray fisher playing victor stone what cyborg what did you think of that that was intense his story was intense it pulled all the heartstrings i was like what I feel like I, I knew all these things already, but this just really brought this really brought it to life, and I was excited they did that because I feel like his character was kind of boring before, like oh, this mad kid because his dad brought him to life, and then you watch why and what and how, and you're like, dang, I'd be mad too. I'd be mad too. I'd be an angry person too, and. Um, yeah what did you think of that what did you i'm just like my mind is blown by this movie i i like i said i would sit there another four hours and watch it again um i'm gonna give this movie a nine out of ten i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten i would give it a ten out of ten i really would um all right no i'm changing my mind i'm giving it a ten out of (laughs) ten it really was that good of a film it i was so excited about it and I'm and I hope that they play off it again I hope that the the next films to come play off this and they learn from this and they do an incredible job I know the next movie we have coming up is the Batman um, and then Aquaman 2 and um so there's the Batman which starring Robert Pattinson um, as Batman and um, Paul Dano as the Riddler. And I'm actually really excited about this. I wasn't excited to begin with. And I'll be honest with you guys. I was not, I was not excited about Robert Pattinson playing the Batman. Um, not that not that Robert Pattinson's not a good actor. He is an amazing actor. Um, but 
there's a small part of you that always thinks of him as Edward Cullen. So, um, you know, you play such an iconic role, it's kind of hard to shake it. But every film that I've watched Robert Pattinson in, because he does a lot of independent films. So I've seen him. I've... I feel like as far as the independent films that I've seen him in, I would I would group him as far as his talent goes with like Shia LaBeouf, which is saying a lot because you guys know how much I love Shia LaBeouf. Shia is this like, we don't deserve him. <laughs> I, and and I, you guys know my opinion about him, even with his current like situation. Um... We don't deserve Shia. Shia is something special. And I, I wish nothing but health and happiness for him. I hope that he gets the help that he needs. I hope that he gets some good mentors surrounding him. Um, and, some, and some good accountability to help him continue to heal. To I think that, you know, obviously he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's acknowledged his Shia. One thing I I love about Shia is even in his personal life, he has a lot of integrity and because of that integrity, it definitely plays off in his work, his work uh, ethic. Um, and so he makes incredible films. He is a brilliant actor and Uh, As long as he's, you know, for him, I think if he gets the rehab that he needs, he gets the accountability he needs, he gets the mentors that he needs, um, there, he has, he, he obviously has a superior career than everybody else. Shia is gold. Shia does, he, he has, he has a gift and it excites me to see him. I get excited to watch him in theaters and I could only hope that one day I work with him um I would be so intimidated if I worked with him because I yeah it would be very intimidating to work with him because he is such an incredible actor but um I just yeah he is incredible and I would love to see more of him it 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 bothers me that women have jumped on this bandwagon and women directors specifically who have their own character flaws um, are judging him and they're not allowing him to be a part of their films and they're trying to stop him and cancel him and I think that needs to end that's dumb it is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life but um, it's like telling someone who's sick you're not sick enough so you can't be in this hospital it's regardless. Let them come. Let them heal. Let them grow. And I think specifically with Shia LaBeouf, you see the best of him when he's working, when he's keeping busy. You know, it's the downtime if when we see the worst of Shia. So keeping him busy, keeping him working. I think that as long as he wants to, um, giving him roles that inspire him those are that creative aspect I know that that for me that is something I needed especially in my sickness um when I'm not working or when I'm not being creative you know that's when the harder times for me hit um in in my mental health and um, in my body um so 
for me, I working helps keep me healthy. So, you know, I don't, I don't know Shia. I, I'm not going to speak for him, but that, that's what I've observed. That's what I've noticed. And so, um, for Shia, you know, I would say he's one of the greatest actors that my generation has ever gotten to experience. And Robert Pattinson is there with him. I, I, all of the independent films that I've seen Robert in, he definitely changed my thoughts on his acting abilities. He can play many different characters. Um, he is a great actor. Um, he is, in my opinion, when it comes to my generation of actors, he is, he's, he's in their top as far as as far as actors go he's up there he's in he's in the top he's a great actor um i just really really like batman <laughs> so i was kind of nervous um and i did stereotype him in a sense because i was afraid and then i saw a clip and then i saw a trailer and i was like dang he did a great job i'm actually very excited to watch this film um, and Paul Dano, I hope I'm saying his name right, Dano, Dano, um, he is phenomenal, like, a phenomenal character, I, I can, there has been films that I've watched of him, and I'm like, where did this guy come from? just out of nowhere he popped out and he's he he keeps your brain he does well he also does my favorite genre most of his films are um thrillers or like um yeah he does thrillers and so that's my favorite genre so for me you know and then he throws in some like comedies um but most of his films are thrillers and like seriously he's he's in it's like thriller actions and those are my favorite type of films um so for me specifically um i i i i i like him i think he's a great actor and he he executes his films well and he executes he puts you could tell he puts a lot of time and effort into learning the character and bringing the character to life. So, um, I think he's going to make an amazing Riddler. I do. I hope I'm not wrong, but I definitely believe he will make a great Riddler. And as far as, um, Colin Farrell playing the Penguin, um, I think he, I, I, I like Colin Farrell too. Like this cast itself. I like the casting. I like every actor that's on here. Um, (laughs) You know, every actor that's playing in this film, I definitely like. The only actor I'm not too fond of um, is is Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Um, but I, I'm not going to knock her. I'm not going to say that she's not going to do great. She might just blow us out of the water and be like, wow, that was the best Catwoman I ever did see. Um, but I, I feel like the reason... I'm not gonna like her is Zoe is kind of an attention whore and I don't want to say that in a derogatory form 
but she is she jumps on bandwagons i feel like zoe doesn't really know who she is and doesn't know what she stands for um i don't know her clearly i don't know this person i've never talked to her i've never met her this is just observing like her social media which is so interesting to me because i feel like her parents are so steadfast in who they are and they've always been steadfast in who they are her parents have always been very clear about what they believe and what they'll stand for and they stay out of the limelight um you know Lenny Kravitz you you already know what he what he believes you know you know that he believes in something higher than himself but he also is not a religious person or overly spiritual he is very grounded when it comes to his opinion and he he speaks his opinion very eloquently and it it's consistent it's been consistent his entire career uh, of being a good person and believing in good and um like I said, he's a consistent person. He doesn't waver from whatever's popular in that time frame. And, you know, he's been around for a while. So his career has been around for a while. So, I mean, it, that that's pretty unique to be able to say that the person that you are in 2021 is the same person you were in 1982 um, or 1988. He... Um, He's very consistent and and he evolves that consistency, which is uh, something I personally appreciate about specifically Lenny Kravitz. Do I agree with everything that Lenny Kravitz believes in politically? No, but I can respect him. I respect him and his thoughts. And I do, when he talks, I want to listen. I want to hear what he has to say. And I will, I will stop to watch a video about Lenny Kravitz because I do value what he says and whether or not I agree I still value it um and same goes for for Lisa Bonet I feel like she's very consistent in who she is the person that she was in 1988 is the person that she is now but she's just more evolved and I um you the same things you could say about her the consistency the the kindness the um strong thoughts on on big issues and she stays consistent with that she doesn't waver with whatever's popular in that time frame and you know i i respect that about them but i feel like with zoe she jumps on bandwagons and it's it's annoying actually like you kind of get annoyed by her when you hear her talk you get annoyed by her wavering it you know and, and she's there is no consistency and i think that's just a problem in my specific age group in general i think we want to be politically correct and we have a hard time like disappointing people and we also don't want to be like in the outs we our age group tends to want to be part of whatever movement's going on and whatever and they all contradict each other so it i think i just have that issue specifically with my age group um and she's part of that she's we're literally the same exact age i'm 
might be older than her by a few months, but we're, you know, um, yeah, I'm older than her, but, um, we're within the same, we're in the same age group, but I, I don't know. I guess I would have to see more from Zoe. I, I'm basing this opinion off of what I watch on social media. So, I don't know, someone had told me, based off their own opinion, that she, Catwoman was going to be more of a political character, and it was going to support a specific idea, the BLM. I don't know how true that is. Obviously, none of us know that, because the, the movie has not been released. But, um... I don't know. I would be very disappointed if they took that as an opportunity to do political stuff. You guys know my opinion on that. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, if that's what they do, then the film is doomed for failure. Um, just because there is a diversity. I think that you could subtly bring up issues um, and not be so in your face. Because at the end of the day, I think, okay, think about it this way as far as politics goes. The biggest turnoff to religion is not religion itself. The turnoff to religion is when people shove it down your face, right? It, it's, it's, I feel like, you know, it's not that people are turned off away from a higher power or God or whatever you want to call this higher power. Um, people are not turned off by it. Um, what turns them off is when you're screaming at them and you're yelling at them and you're telling them that they're either you are wrong and their way is right. That's what turns people away from God. That's what turns people away from having a faith because you are, you're a bigot basically, you know? So I feel like it's the same with politics. No matter what your political background is, no matter what you believe, if you're screaming and you're throwing and you're throwing hands and you're in people's faces and you, you're hard to talk to, and I, and I will tell you, I will be the first to tell you. I grew up Hispanic. It is notoriously Democrat. However... For a really long time, I never voted Democrat because of how they acted. I, I didn't. I didn't grow up in the South, so I, I'm not surrounded by uh, extreme Republicans. I'm, I grew up in California. California is a notoriously liberal state, um, notoriously Democratic. I so Republicans are not very common in California. So I, I did not grow up with the extremists of Republicans um, that are in the South or Midwest. I, I did not grow up with that. So for me, um, watching Republicans being portrayed on, on social media, um, it was not something I experienced and I thought the only reason why the extremists are the way they are in the south is lack of education um but 
you know, I, 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 like I said, I had a very California mindset (laughs) because I am from California. So what's normal over here is not normal in other states. And for me, watching it online, watching it on the, the, the television and seeing the extremist, I assumed and I stereotyped that the reason why there was extremist as far as Republican goes was because um, most students were homeschooled, so they lack education. Um, that was my opinion on homeschool. Um, don't don't crucify me for that because I've, I've uh, since then enlightened because of the pandemic. So, you know, I, I have a totally different ex- opinion about homeschooling now. So. But I definitely had that opinion then, and I felt like the extremist in Republican points of views were extremely small. Um, the, the crowd was very, very small as far as extremists goes, because if you looked at Republican Party as a whole, it, what the core of Republican actually believes, it's not that bad. It It's actually kind of more I leaned more towards them because I felt like as far as Republicans go the idea of um, capitalism is that you every single person has the same opportunity to 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 become better in your life Uh, and most of the views of Republicans have it's more in depth and people want to give it credit for um you know but i also have that personality where i like i said i want to hear what you have to say i want you to educate me i want you to tell me something i don't know and so i've experienced some really cool people over time that had helped me understand certain like i one person i had a conversation with um they were not extremists they did vote republican and their thought pattern um, and this was like back in 2000 2008 so um this person you know i was having a conversation with them and their thought pattern was not so much that they were against gay marriage but that they were against the repercussion the butterfly effect of gay marriage And at first I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's dumb. There's no repercussion of it. Like, no. And that person said, if we are voting for gay marriage, we have to create a wall around it, a boundary, so that other people cannot come in and put their, 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 um, what was the word they used? Basically what they were saying, I guess I can't remember the word, but basically what they were saying is like, all right, so we open the door for gay marriage. Most Republicans do not care. Most Republicans believe that that is fine. Love who you love. However, there is a fine line with love who you love because now we open up the door. And even though that wasn't the intention of gay marriage, it's not the intention but it opens up the door to pedophilia because that idea of you love who you love and at the time in 2008 you know me being 
19, I was like, what do you mean? That, that's disgusting. No one would ever think that way because my mind was very, very small. And then my mind got opened and realized that there are people out there who will love to hurt kids and they don't see it as hurting kids. They see it as loving who they love or people who um, would uh, abuse a animal. Um, there are people that genuinely believe that they're in love with this animal instead of they are hurting the animal. It is abuse. So there's this fine line. And because I did go to, I lived in a very progressive town, I learned, my, I was learning a lot of this. And I was learning it because people were trying to shove it down my face or my throat as if this was normal. And um, for me, experiencing a liberal lifestyle, it was very aggressive. People, you know, if you do not agree with someone, they are going to throw a tantrum and you're a bad person for not agreeing with them. So that was a huge turnoff for me politically. I got turned off by Democrats because they pretend to be open and loving and freedom and let's let's be open to all thoughts, let's be open. But the reality is if you don't agree with them, you're a bad person. If you don't agree with that specific view, then you are a, a demon of a person and you should go to hell. So for me, growing up in California, that's what I've learned. The shoving down the throat, the, the I'm right, you're wrong. And so that's what turned me off from liberalism. Not that I agree, not that I don't agree with certain things. There are certain things that I definitely agree with that I feel like for me personally as an independent, I see both sides and I see that they can work together and they have a lot of the similar ideas. If they learn to work together, they can execute them in a very positive way. Um, however, it just doesn't work out that way. And we just get run around and run around and run around and both are just shoving each other's ideologies into each other's throat. So that's frustrating to me. That's why I don't like politics when it comes to movies. Please don't put your political ideas or agendas into films because you will quickly lose a lot. That's not why people are going to the movies. We are aware. Believe me, people are woke. They are aware of all of the political stuff. Look at what time we live in. Look at the election we just had. It was exhausting. 2020 was the most exhausting year. And it was even more exhausting for liberal states because politics were involved in this pandemic and it was exhausting. I don't, you know, my friends who live in Republican states, they coasted through this pandemic like it wasn't even there and they were chilling the entire time. Um, my, one of my friends lives in Oklahoma and she said she wore the mask up until April of last year and then they didn't have to anymore and it wasn't a requirement and they had no cases at all. The political agenda was not involved and they, she just moved on with her life and I was so jealous. I was so jealous because I was watching her, 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 her stories and I was like, man, 
like you're just chilling over there like just living your life <laughs> and everything is political here in california so it's frustrating um and our governor is not the greatest governor so it just really was exhausting um and you know our governor did make a choice during the pandemic because people were distracted they were distracted by the masks yelling at each other about wearing your masks um taking every opportunity to fight and no one paid attention to the fact that our governor made it legal within 10 years you will not get a rape charge because it is now legal to date within 10 years and if you don't understand what that means that means that if i am a 22 year old woman i can have sexual intercourse with a 12 year old and it's legal the state of california protects me a child a child is no longer protected in the state of california if i am 28 years old i can have or 27 years old i can have a relationship with a child that is 17 years old and in the state of california it is no longer considered a predatory act and now just a relationship so that was extremely frustrating and when i found that out i was just like we're going to hell <laughs> um that's just that it is what it is california is going to hell we're all we're, we're going to burn they're going to like burn us up and then throw us and cast us into the sea like atlantis i have no idea i don't know what atlantis was doing at the time but clearly enough to where this earth swallowed them so i feel like that's what's going to happen we're going to get swallowed watch our fault line's going to go blow up all these bad catastrophes are going to happen um but i i mean i know i kind of i'm kind of hopeful for california right now i am noticing a shift i am noticing a change people are getting fed up our states becoming more independent instead of a liberal or it's not it's we i think we're so over politics that we're we're finding that center and we're kind of living out that center and realizing that it's not about democrats against republicans it's not against liberal against conservative if we find that center ground we actually can live in peace and i think that that overall when i'm traveling when i'm talking to people that's what i'm hearing and seeing and and that's awesome i'm excited about that hopefully we change that law so we can protect children because that is not the same i feel like marriage and relationships should be between consenting adults children are children regardless of how close they are to that adult age and honestly in my opinion um you're not an adult you're like 28 but <laughs> um if we should raise it if you have teen in your name you are still a kid i don't care how much you want to say you are an adult you are not when i was 19 years old i was going to bed at 3 in the morning waking up at 3:30 so that i can be at work by 4 and i was still hung like drunk from the night before and going to work and still drinking so that i could get through the day because my i i i i was a part at party school i would you know that's where i lived so um 
Those are the decisions you make as a 19 year old. (laughs) You know, you're excited. You're going to do your life. You're excited. So, um, I, if we can raise the adult age to 20, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. You can vote for the president of the United States, but you can't rent your own car. That should kind of take in consideration. Right? That That's mic drop. I, I, can, I can decide the future of America, but I can't rent a car until I'm 25. <laughs> I, I can decide how the politics and government of my own state, but I can't drink alcohol legally until I'm 21. So those are just like priorities. We need to change those um, and definitely raise the age to an adult to 20 because 18 and 19 year olds are still kids. They still think like kids. They still act like kids. And, um, it's important for us. I mean, it's, you know, especially the first two years of college, it's so, it's like, to me, kind of like the first two years of being a toddler, um, as a parent, when you have a child, the first three years of their life shapes who they are going to be. If you create a monster that just throws a tantrum and gets what they want because you don't want to deal with them because it's too hard, that child will do that for the rest of their life. That's facts. So in the first three years, you have to put a lot of boundaries on that child because if you want to have a pleasant life as a parent, the boundaries actually work. So, you know, something as little as don't put your finger in the socket, Joe. And then Joe goes to reach to put his finger in the socket and you move his hand. And you have to be patient enough to keep doing that until that child gets it that, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. And for whatever reason, I'm going to listen because they have a there's a reason they're telling me not to put my finger in the socket. You know, the boundaries work disciplining your child and explaining to your child why they should not do something those things those are effective to creating good humans i know this as fact i would not say that i am a perfect parent but i do have pretty awesome kids and i learned that very early on that having those boundaries work my three-year-old did not have i did not have to deal with that my, I, I'm not, like I'm saying, I don't have perfect kids, but because I did have boundaries, um, I did not experience the terrible twos like other people did. Um, my kids are not known for throwing tantrums or throwing themselves on the floor or crying the way that other kids do. Um, I don't know. We just, we had boundaries. We had boundaries. We had schedules. That was also one thing that was really important as a early parent, um, my ex-husband and I learned that schedules are amazing. Keeping your kid on a schedule and then, you know, gradually changing that schedule actually like made our life better. So like I said, boundaries, boundaries are what is important in the younger stage of life and even in your younger stage of adulthood. Um, 
when you are 18, 19 and you're graduated from high school and you're going into college, having those boundaries, learning, you know, give, give them time to breathe. They're no longer kids in school in high school anymore their parents are not living with them they're they're now have a sense of freedom that is you know they're going to maximize that as much as they can so when you put those boundaries on that kid and they begin to get a, a handle on life then yes at 20 years old they're they're now mature to a point of they can ask those questions but if we're going to make 20 years old the adult and um, we're going to allow them to vote for president, then we need to lower the age of renting a car and a drinking age. They should all just be able to do it at the same time because, I don't know, I personally think that they, they shouldn't vote for president until they're 25, but they can rent a car at 20. Maybe we should flip that. Priorities. Priorities, guys. Um, if you can take care of a car, you could vote for president. <laughs> I don't know, just the idea, but um, it, it's just it balance, 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 balance. But when people are going to the movies, they don't want to watch your politics. Like I said, we're all woke. We all see it. We all see the corruption in both sides. We all see things need to change. We all see that things are happening. We're still seeing the racism. We're still seeing the hate crimes. We're still seeing all of that. It's, no one is blind to it. We all know it's happening. We all are aware that we need change. But when we're going to the movies, don't shove it down our throat. Because that's not why we're seeing this movie. And if if that's what really, if that's really what the Batman intends with Catwoman, as far as political stuff... Um, you'll probably get a lot of bad reviews. So you have until March 2022, Reese. Yeah. Don't don't do that to us. Don't don't do the political crap because um, we will not be happy. Um, I, our minds, our people, we need a break. <laughs> we definitely need a break. Politics are surrounding our entire life and our social media, and it's caused severed relationships. We're all exhausted. So please, please hear my plea. Do not turn this into a political thing. Just keep it in all Batman's glory. Um, but... Yeah, that's what that's my opinion on Zoe. I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be a good Catwoman. I have no idea. She's like the only actor on this roster that I'm not super thrilled about. But at the same time, like, I don't want to like stereotype her right away or um, give her like not, you know, I don't want to do what we did to Jared Leto. So I, I am optimistic that she will do a great job and that this will be a good time. Uh, and this will be a great movie from what I've seen. Um, in some of the trailers, it looks very good. It looks like I'm, I'm really going to enjoy it. And it's going to have a darker theme to it, which I'm excited about. But um, I'm excited for Rotten pa uh, Robert Pattinson. I think he's an amazing actor. And I look forward to seeing him as the Batman. Um, but th that that's my review. What are your thoughts? Zack Snyder did an incredible job, in my opinion. I'm giving him a 10 out of 10. I'm giving him a 10 out of 10. 
<laughs> so let me know. Let me know what you think. Let me know um, what are your thoughts as far as all the characters, their backstories. What did you think of Jared Leto and that you know that those last couple scenes, that last part? What did you think of that? Did you like the part system? Uh, would you watch it again? Would you sit through another four hours again and watch it again? What are your thoughts? Um, and then also, let's let's talk about the Batman. Um, what are your thoughts on the Batman? What do you think of the casting? What do you think of tying it? Do you think that the way they ended the Joker can definitely tie into the Batman? Or do you think that the Batman um, will be its own separate film? What do you think about all that? Just let me know. Find me on Twitter at Carissa Corona or Instagram at Carissa Corona. And I would love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your um, opinions. Um, have a conversation with me. Please be kind. Please don't shove your, th- your stuff down people's throat. And um, I will talk to you guys later. Bye.